Welcome to Vacation Mode Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin and Kyle, a married couple from New Jersey who love to travel. Each episode will take you to a new city or country. It'll be somewhere we've been or somewhere we're dying to go. We'll give you tips of what to do, where to go, where to stay, and maybe what to skip. Now pack your bags and grab your passports because it's time to get into vacation mode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Vacation Mode Podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing a city that neither Caitlin or I have ever been to, but we are both very excited and would love to visit this city. Um, Today, we will be talking about New Orleans. Caitlin, you want to talk a little bit about why you're so interested in New Orleans? Um, Pitbulls. You wanted it before that. Um, Beignets. Yeah, pretty much beignets, yeah. Um, so, in one of our previous episodes, I talked about the beignets that I had in Colorado. That was my first ever experience having beignets. And I just love them. When we go to Disney, we take... Or, well, we've been to Disney once together, but we took a special trip over to the um, Port Orleans Resort, specifically for beignets for me. Um, so, I would just be excited to try, like, the the most like world-renowned beignet um so that's what I was mostly wanting to go for but also just seeing pictures of like the French Quarter and everything it just looks so pretty and I mean not that it's the same thing but with the Port Orleans um French Quarter Resort at Disney you kind of get a feel for that like it has the same type of like architecture obviously it's not the same thing as the city but it's just really pretty um other than that one of the main things that would draw me there, um, we have Winnie. She's part pit bull. Um, and she's all pit bull. Yeah. Um, two different kinds, but yeah. Um, and since we've gotten her, I enjoy watching pit bulls and parolees. So, um, my in-laws have mentioned that show and they love that show. They're now based in New Orleans so you can do tours of that rescue. It's the Villalobos Pitbull Rescue Center. Um, admission is free, but donations are encouraged. Um, and I would just recommend that you check the hours because tours only run certain days and times. Um, obviously, it's not like a super exciting thing for some people, but and I mean, we have a dog, so it wouldn't necessarily be like a huge draw, but if you go there like somebody said that they went on two different tours and they got to walk different dogs each time they went so I mean walking a a dog is a little bit of a chore but like I don't know I (laughs) the dogs are all so cute and um you can not not always but you can uh sometimes like see or meet people from the show and talk to them and everything and you just really see how much they care about the dogs so that's like one of the things I would be most excited about if we went. It's also like a very historic city. Like it's an old city with a lot of history in it and everything too. Like it just looks nice and uh, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't really know how to describe it. I'd imagine it, there's other cities like that, but it just like it looks older. It's it looks like a city that has a completely different feel than the typical it's city kind we of would like, be used to. Like it's kind of like stuck in time. Yeah. Like stuck in like really old times. Obviously, like it's not from what I've seen it's not like falling apart it's kept up but right but it's not the like architecture and everything they, keep, they maintain yeah. the older architecture at yeah. least in the French Quarter area yeah but um so I already talked about one thing I'd want to do 
Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about things you want to do and eat and then a few tips. Um, but feel free if you have actually been to New Orleans to reach out to us and let us know of anything we might have missed or um, any any tips that you would have and we can gladly include them in the beginning of the next episode. Um, like we said, we haven't been there, so this is just from our research. Um, so a couple things that I would want to do, um, they're not necessarily fun, but more like informative, uh, which I feel like when we go places, if we can, we always try to like learn and do things that have to do with like the history of the place, like learn a little bit more about the city than just going there and doing all touristy things. Yeah, we do like a mix of both. Yeah. So one thing I would want to do, because it's obviously a huge part of history, is um, a Hurricane Katrina tour. So you learn about not only the hurricane, but the history of New Orleans in general. Um, and then also what happened before, during, and after the hurricane. Um, and you can see some of the, like, the remnants of the hurricane that are still, unfortunately, like, they're still there. You, they're still visible. Um, and you can see one of the levees that breached. So then you end on a positive note and learn about the rebirth of New Orleans. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure other hurricanes have happened many other places, but Hurricane Katrina, I was in, like, fifth grade. Kyle was in, like, seventh grade. So I feel like I was kind of just old enough to kind of understand what was happening and seeing in the news. Yeah, it's probably been, like, the most significant one of our time yeah although the one in houston i forget the name of it the one that hit texas harvey yeah that was pretty bad too but katrina is a very it was a devastating storm yeah so it that would the lives of many people yeah that wouldn't obviously be something fun but it's part of the history of the city um it might be fun for me like kyle loves this... like loves hurricanes is probably the wrong terminology but Whenever there's a hurricane anywhere, he, like, wants to watch the Weather Channel all the time. I just find it, like, fascinating how powerful, like, nature can be. Yeah. It just, it's, I don't know. I just find it interesting. But, so, yeah, I was, like, glued to the TV watching Hurricane Katrina stuff mm -hmm. when I could. I was in Disney, actually, when I think it made its official landfall. Mm. But I remember, like, taking the midday break and my parents turned the TV on and were like, oh. Like, this is a thing that's happening. Yes. And everybody was, like, at that time, we didn't know how bad it was going to end up yeah. being. But, like, as days went on and you just continued to see more and more damage, like, it, it, yeah, it was devastating. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine, because we're in New Jersey, we've been through a couple hurricanes, nothing, nothing even close to Hurricane Katrina. Like, we've had um, Irene and Hurricane Sandy. And, and they did a significant amount of damage. Seen, yeah, we've seen damage around here. Like, And we know, like, with power getting knocked out and everything, like, my house lost power for a couple weeks. Um, trees down everywhere, some buildings destroyed, things like that. But it's nowhere even close to, like, I can't even imagine. Like, just seeing the kind of, like, destruction that we had around here. I mean, it's we were so... pretty much rebuilt within, like, a year or two. Like, the things that got, yeah. like, damaged here where... They, but like they it's still so, haven't fixed things. It's from so minimal compared to like the destruction that happened. And in it's New very Orleans. it's rare that we get an an actual hurricane that hits us. Like right now, Hurricane Ida came up from the south. So I think this afternoon into like tomorrow morning, 
we're supposed to be getting like rain, bad, like bad like, rain. It's going to be like bad rain, but it's like runoff from the yeah. hurricane. Like, so we get we get that sometimes. Like, but, if they work up the east coast, yeah, that's also that one's coming in through the Gulf, like into like New Orleans. It's yeah. already been there, but it's coming off the Gulf and on land, so it like slows down a little yeah. bit when it's on land. But we get some, I think, like Sandy and Irene were ones that came up the east coast, like off of North Carolina, ocean, yeah. Yeah, they, and then they they, they official they, landfall until New Jersey. Yeah, but so they like hit weaker. us. Because it's colder water up here, too, than it would be down in the Gulf, and they thrive off of... Like, the warm the waters. The warm water, yeah, the different uh, temperatures of everything. Yeah. So we don't get the same. Um, so it would be cool um, and very informative, I think, to learn about um, the hurricane, especially from... Like, a local's point of view. I was going to say a local's point of view, because we only see what we see on TV, actually. Um, a friend of mine that I've known since high school, he lives in a city outside of New Orleans a little bit. A little bit north, probably like 30 to 40 minutes north of New Orleans. And he was texting me about Hurricane Ida. And he said, like, we don't get as much coverage, like, on the news where we live. Like, everything always just focuses on New Orleans. New Orleans. And he said, I don't think New Orleans was damaged as bad as Katrina. But a lot of, like, the out the outer cities and stuff, they're seeing the same amount of damage that they saw back when Katrina hit. Um, so my friend, he did not have to evacuate. They were deemed in like a safer area. Um, but there's significant flooding trees down. He said there's damage as far as like your eyes can see. Um, and they might already, not have power for They're like already three told weeks. minimum three weeks before they get power back. And there's no open gas stations within a, five, or a 50 mile radius. So a lot of the people, he said a lot of his neighbors and himself included his family... They have generators to help keep their house powered, but they only have enough gas to get them maybe a week and a half at this point. So if they can't find gas to fuel their generators, they're going to have to relocate. And I can't imagine having, like, to live like that. Like, yeah. that's that's just something that, I mean, I guess it's different. They don't have to worry about snow. And I don't want to say, like, a big blizzard isn't, like, it's not the same as a hurricane. But, like, I can't imagine... Like, going every summer knowing that, like, there's a huge possibility that everything's going to, like, that you've worked for and everything could get ruined. Yeah. So, it that's, it's tough. So, I would definitely want to go and check out that museum, especially after how much coverage and everything that was talked about with Katrina. And that's, it's not a museum. It's uh, a tour. tour. Well, it's, and it's still, but it's still, like, relevant. Like, people, it's almost like storms that, like, hit the southeast. Katrina's, like, the benchmark now, yeah. basically. Like, oh... It's winds are only 15 miles an hour slower than Katrina. It's supposed to like, it's just like, it's still talked about. I feel like it's the, from what I remember, it's like the most talked about hurricane in like our country's history. I mean, like just since I've been alive and been learning about history, but I feel like it's the most talked about hurricane. Yeah. Um, so another thing to do, which is a little bit, uh, a little bit better, like up more upbeat, a little bit on a positive note. Um, it's Longview House and Gardens. So it's a historic estate turned museum and it has eight acres of gardens. So it just looks really pretty. Um, we like doing things like that, like walking through like old, like historic buildings. Yeah. Like... Not necessarily like just a museum, but like we especially like the ones where it's like an estate or a castle or something like turned yeah. into a museum. Yeah. Um, and circle back on that, that would be like Hampton Court Palace, 
Casa Loma in Toronto. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the type of thing. And that's kind of, like, what we got from Longview House and Gardens. Like, yeah. that type of place to visit. Um, a few more things for me, and then I'll turn it over to Kyle. There's Blaine Kern's Mardi Gras World. So, I don't know about you, Kyle. I wouldn't personally want to go during Mardi Gras. I've heard it's crazy. Um, yeah, I think that would be too much for me. Yeah. And, uh, but I would still want to learn all about Mardi Gras and I want to see the floats and like get the feel for what it is, but I don't want to actually experience it. Too crowded. It's just like, it's just not, not something I really have interest in, especially now that I don't, like I'm not drinking either. Like I feel like everybody on Mardi Gras is just drinking and partying in the streets. Like mm-hmm. it's not somewhere at this point in my life that I feel like I want to be there yeah. for that celebration. I'm sure it's fun for the right crowd. I just don't feel like I'm the right crowd. <laughs> Yeah, and I, like, obviously, I, you know, there are parts of me that are jealous of people that have gotten to be there and see it. Like, I want to, like, it would be cool, but I know it's, it would not be, it would be more stressful for us than it would be, like, actually yeah. enjoyable. So, it just wouldn't be a good fit for us to go. Yeah, I don't really like being in crowds of people and all that, and I don't like being in, like, a party atmosphere. So, it just wouldn't be for me, but so like Saturday's I said. Saturday's going to be ideal. Yes, Saturday we're going to a a dj in it a a day club yeah Yeah. for seven hours not my pick if you couldn't tell anyways blaine current mardi gras world so you see like a behind the scenes of how mardi gras is made and comes to be and you can see like the grandest floats and sculptures that are part of like the mardi gras like parade and all that stuff um so definitely something i'd want to see um there's the oak alley plantation which Originally, before doing research, I never had any interest in going to a plantation just because of the history of them. Um, But you'll hear more about that as I speak. So it's one of the most famous and photographed plantations. And it was a sugarcane plantation with a quarter mile long lane lined by 28 trees. They're 250 year old oak trees that lead up to the house or the big house as they call it. Um, so there is an exhibit about, like, slavery, and it focuses on some of the slaves who lived there, um, or I, I guess is lived the right word. I mean, they were enslaved there, but, um, so you get to see firsthand their living conditions and learn about their lives after emancipation. Um, so again, just like the history aspect of it. Um, and learning so much about slavery and plantations in school, getting to see it firsthand, um, I feel like would help me put like the two and two together. Kind of like, um, not that it's, not that anything is really a comparison, but like, just like if we went to Germany, we would want to see um, like the the Nazi camps and everything like that. It's We just like, even though it's not, like happy we just like seeing history like seeing what we've learned about but seeing it firsthand that and i think it helps us grow as people to like really like getting this information different like like we learned about it through a textbook Mm -hmm. in school but like before we were adults a lot of times like you forget about these things so i think being an adult and really getting to see some of these things like in person yourself and really hear from like local people or whatever you know anybody who's like an expert on these topics it would just give us a different learning experience and help us to have a better understanding of really what people went through yeah 
And I like too, not that I've looked into other plantations, so I don't know if it's a common thing, but I like that this one actually has a slavery exhibit and that they are acknowledging the past of it and helping people learn instead of just like, oh, look at this beautiful house, like this beautiful grand plantation, like. Yeah, it's like the whole, the whole slavery thing in the United States and slavery was present in other countries as well it's just such a important part of our country's history not in a good way unfortunate way yeah in an unfortunate way um and it should never it should never be forgotten like that's Mm -hmm. something that like nobody should be able to make excuses for and want to try and cover up like that's something that people should always know about it you know it's it's important to understand that everything that happened with slavery, the people who owned slaves that brought them over to our country. Um, th- that was just a horrible time in our, our nation's past. And um, I think the best way to kind of honor the people and the families that suffered through that is by making sure their stories and everything continue to be told. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's good that they keep that. So um, And that they can, they still have the history to be able to focus on individual like enslaved people like and talk about their story it's not just like oh as a whole slavery blah 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 you get to learn about these specific people who were enslaved on that property and learn about what they went through where they lived all of that Um, yeah it would it would definitely be a similar to going to nagasaki um in japan where they dropped a nuclear bomb mm -hmm. or the concentration camp stuff like that it's Caitlin and I want to continue to grow in our education. Um, And we want to see history with our own eyes. Pay respect, see history through our own eyes, yeah. And and talk to people that, you know, that this did directly impact. Those of you who don't know us, not that there's too many listeners at this point, but we are obviously, um, we're white. Um, We live in... We grew up in pretty much predominantly white towns and everything. Um, and I think that's, I mean, I don't think that's uncommon, but we have a different perspective of how things are compared to how other people are. So I think it helps us a lot by getting other people's perspective on things and everything can be made into a teaching moment for mm-hmm. us and helping us improve to make sure that these incidents and things like this never happen again. Yeah, They should never have happened. Um, and it's our job as a society at this point to ensure that everybody is treated equally and nothing like this ever does happen again. Yep. Um, but enough with politics. That's not, I mean, not really politics. It's just humanity. But yeah. um, this isn't, I mean, not to brush it off, but we're not going to continue talking about it. Like, in that kind of way, we'll continue talking about like things that we would want to do. I just wanted to touch on that and not not make light of, oh yeah, I want to see a plantation and have people get the wrong impression. I wanted to, or we wanted to talk about like specifically why we would want to go there and that it wouldn't be like a, oh look, it's so beautiful. It would be like for history reasons. Um, And like I said, I had no interest in going to plantations at all before even like researching it and seeing what this one had to offer. Um, In addition to all of that history, there's also a sugarcane theater where you can learn about the process behind growing and processing sugarcane since it was a sugarcane plantation. So, um, I mean, with my family, when I went to, I believe it was in South Carolina, we went to like a tea, 
I forget which company it was. I think they made Bigelow tea. It might have been, like, the Bigelow, um, what's it called? It, it was, like, a tea. They grew tea and they made tea. So we did, like, a whole tour of that. So it's kind of, like, seeing the process behind things. So seeing yeah. how... And it's, like, when we go to Hershey, too. You the see, chocolate tour. Yeah, the chocolate tour. You see, like, where the, the cocoa comes from and all that, or the cacao beans or whatever where they all come from and how it's made. So just learning about sugarcane, um, that's something we would enjoy too. Um, another thing is the a walking tour of the Garden District. Um, it has some of the city's most beautiful and impressive homes. Um, it looked really pretty. And then the French Market. So it's an open air market that has shopping, dining, music, other things. It's five blocks worth of like the market is five blocks long and there's local produce art handmade crafts retail shopping and more um so i would just like to walk through there uh and since i am like not at the level that they are but i am like a handmade crafts person um i make my own stuff i i would like to just walk through there and see what everyone's making it's just something that's interesting to yeah me. um <clears throat> so kyle why don't you go ahead and talk about a few things that you would want to do i mean you wanted so, to do some of the things i mentioned yeah but... so when i was doing my research um the long view house and gardens was something um that i was interested in and i saw caitlin had it on her list so i'm not going to like double back and talk too much um, I would also like to see the Via Lobos Pitbull Rescue Center, and obviously I chimed in about um, the Hurricane Katrina tour and paying respects and everything at the Oak Valley Plantation. Um, a couple things that I had are all actually boat-related, all three of them, um, because they're different unique things. Um, the, the first one I have on here is doing like an airboat ride. Um, it's a family-friendly airboat tour of the wetlands near New Orleans, um, and it includes round-trip transportation from the city to save you the hassle of planning your own rides to and from the French Quarter. Um, and you can sometimes see alligators, nutria, and different wildlife um, while out on the water on the, the airboat, which is a common way of people getting around in like the swamps and stuff like that. So I have been on an airboat before. As have I. Um, I went in Florida um through the everglades um so i don't think we saw any alligators actually but i did see some raccoons funny enough um but i would like to see alligators as long as it's from a distance uh but i i enjoyed when i went on that you held an alligator though true so did you you held too yeah not like a wild one though. they were emotional support alligators what were they not emotional support they were something maybe emotional support anyways know. Um, so I enjoyed the airboat ride that I went on. I would definitely do one again. Um, and it's not New Orleans related, but we will post a picture on our travel page of us holding alligators. <laughs> um, to prove that we're not lying, we both have held alligators. Um, and then the other two things that Hold I... Hold on, have... pause. Just to be clear, these were not, like, baby alligators that were, like, two feet long. No. They were, like, huge. I mean, they're not fully grown, but... Yeah, it wasn't like we went and held newborn, like, alligators. It was... They were pretty sizable. Yeah. If anyone's interested, it's Wally Gator. Um, he goes around to different, like, he's flea a, markets. He's, like, he in the Pennsylvania to, area. Mm -hmm. He goes to, like, nursing homes and stuff like that. Like, he's 
I think he is an emotional support alligator. I think that's what he is. I don't think the others are, though. I think just him. They rescue and, like, help rehab the other ones. Yeah. So this dude owns, like, three or four at least um, alligators that, like, live in his house. Right. So, like, if we did an airboat tour and saw an alligator, like, we already held one, so it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) Just to be clear, we're not taking it home. Uh, no. Um... So then I have a New Orleans swamp boat tour. This is more of like a traditional boat tour, like not on an airboat or anything like this. And it specifically goes through um, the swamps. It's narrated by a tour guide, um, depending upon the weather. Like it does have a roof. It does have windows that you can open and close, depending upon how things are. Um, And there's plenty of walking room. And you can also see nature, um, your wildlife that way as well. Um, But that seemed pretty cool because you get another um it's still another perspective of going through like the swamps and everything like that with a different guide as opposed to just like flying by on an airboat yeah and like you get to i feel like you get to hear more stuff because i know when i was on an airboat we would like stop and they would talk a little bit but this is would be more of like they would actually be able to talk to you and that's why i put both on here because they're both different experiences like i feel like getting ready to fly around on an airboat would be a lot of fun but then i would also want a different tour where it's more informational and learning about it but like you can still be out on the water yeah. and enjoy it i was nervous when i saw that you had like the boat tour and stuff because i saw some where they were like on kayaks yeah no i'm, not I'm not about to be doing that when there's uh-uh. alligators in there um and then the last thing that i have is the steamboat Natchez evening jazz cruise with dinner so steamboat Natchez, um according to the website is it currently out now, of did you look up this pronunciation no um <laughs> but it is out of commission currently so they're using a sister boat for it but it's like a big paddle boat um and the tour offers like it you they do have a morning one not with a paddle brunch. boat a paddle wheel boat oh uh, yeah um they offer a morning one with breakfast but i thought the evening one would be nice um and it's a whole evening of seeing new orleans aboard a paddle wheel river boat and you enjoy views of the city without having to deal with crowded streets um, and then there's also live jazz music and you are served a Creole style dinner. So I thought that would be a unique thing to do too. Like you, yeah, we get to eat some Cajun food. That's not probably, Cajun, not Cajun, Creole. Cajun and Creole are different. Yeah, I forget, Creole. I forget what the difference is, but I did see yeah, that there so is a Creole difference. style food. Listen to jazz music, which New Orleans is, um, very well known for, um, and get to take in the sights of the city from the river. Um, so those are the things that I added on. Um, there's a lot of the things you had, again, we shared, mm-hmm. but those are the ones that I added to our list. But I always do my research first, so my stuff was there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all stuff like you, we've talked about it. a lot of the things that you mentioned, like I said that I would want to do. So yeah. it's not like it's new. And then I also have foods on, but so we're going to transition over to things to eat. Um, so I added a few items on this, but there are also things that you had already listed yeah. that I want as Some well. of the things I added just for you, like um, gumbo. I don't I don't know if I would eat gumbo or jambalaya. I'm very picky, so it would depend on what's in it. But gumbo, if you're not familiar, it's a soup cooked with chicken or shrimp and okra, um, green peppers, onion, celery, and it's sometimes served on top of or with rice. Um, I've never had okra before, so I'm not sure if I would like it or not, but, um... I mean, I feel like if you're in New Orleans, like, you might not order it, but I feel like I would have to try gumbo. Yeah. And the next food on your list. And I would sample it, but... Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't let you leave without, like, sampling it. Yeah. You have to. 
Um, and then jambalaya is similar. It's a tomato-based casserole with the same vegetables as gumbo, um, but it's cooked with the rice, so it's a little bit thicker. It's not like a soup. It's like a casserole, like I said. And it's served with chicken or shrimp and andouille sausage. Um, I'm not a big sausage person, but I know you are, Kyle, when you're not forced to be vegan. Um, so that's something I figured Kyle would like. And I would make you try. Yeah. Um, um, did you already cover your first one? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, another one is fried chicken. So around here, well, not only, but like the Louisiana fried chicken that we're getting is Popeye's. <laughs> so I would like... Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana Popeye's. And then we get the Kentucky fried. Yes. So I would like to have some actual like Southern fried chicken. Um, and a couple places I saw to get it are Dookie Chase or Willie Mae's Scotch House. Those are supposed to both be really good. So you know what? Try both, right? Yeah. Um, another one for Kyle is chicory coffee. So chicory is the ground root of the Belgian endive. And it was frequently served as a coffee substitute and was blended into the coffee before brewing. Um, so New Orleanians retained their taste for chicory coffee and still drink it, still have it. So... I know you're really into coffee, so I thought maybe you'd want to try it. I would try it. Um, um, I'm a little scared of it, but I would try it. <laughs> you would only have to try it once if you didn't like it. Yeah. Um, a few other things are uh, Bananas Foster was invented, supposedly, at the Brennan's Restaurant in 1951. And it's bananas sautéed in sugar, rum, and liquor. Or is it liqueur? I don't know. And then flambéed. So... There's a bunch of different, um, like, in, like, different recipes that use it. So they'll make, like, a Bananas Foster, like, bread pudding or uh, different things like that. Or you can have it with, like, ice cream. There's a few different ways to try it. So yeah. I would try it. I've I've never had Bananas Foster anyway. I mean, they have I would try it, it as long as the alcohol's burned out of it. It would be. Yeah, then I would try it. Yeah. Um... And pralines. So I had pralines when I went to Savannah, um, but they're delicious, so I would obviously get them. Um, they're like sugar-coated pecans all formed together. They're kind of in like a cookie shape, um, but they're just so sweet and delicious. Um, so Kyle, unless you have anything to say about pralines, you can continue with your list. Nope, but I would eat those too. <laughs> um, so the next one I have is... A New Orleans muffaletta, um, which I don't know what makes it super special, but it's an Italian sandwich that was invented in New Orleans with cured meats, cheese, olive dressing, and, um, of course, great bread. Um, so, I did see that one. I just wasn't sure about it because of, like, the olive dressing. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, it looked like a salsa type thing made with olives, and I don't love olives. I would but... try it. it Mixed with other things, it might be all right. Olives just have, like, a saltiness mm -hmm. to them, so it might be okay depending upon what else is on there. Um, so the next thing, which I think you would really like, mm -hmm. um, and I'm surprised you didn't have it on your list, is yeah. king cake, um, which is a blend of coffee cake and cinnamon roll. King cake is usually iced in yellow, green, and purple, which are the colors of Mardi Gras, and is frequently filled with fruit fillings and decadent cream cheeses. Um 
and they always typically have a special surprise, which is a plastic king baby to continue the fun. It's like baked inside. And the it's cake. like whoever I don't remember what the thing is, but it's like whoever gets that plastic baby thing. I don't know if it's like you get good luck or what it is, but it's like a great thing to to get the the little plastic baby. I know when I was in, um, I took French language classes for years. And I don't remember if it was the king cake or if it was something that, like, people in France did around the holidays. But we did, we learned something and did something with a cake that had a little plastic baby in it. Oh. So, could have been that, could have been, like, a holiday, a French holiday thing, but... Could have been. Um, the other two things that I have on here that I added are the New Orleans barbecue shrimp, um... And it is known, it's a, it's a beloved local dish, um, but despite the name, it's not actually barbecued and does not have a barbecue sauce. It can be ordered as an appetizer or entree. It's served with the heads and the tails on and it is grilled in Worcestershire sauce and butter. Um, and many use a bib to enjoy it. Um, you have to use your bare hands to eat it. Um, and they give you ample amounts of French bread to get all of the delicious sauce soaked up. All right, so give me all the bread. Um, I'll eat the shrimps. I do like shrimp. I just, I would not be able to do it with the heads on. What if I, like, got them prepared for you? You'd have to do it in a place that I can't even see them. Like, the second I see the heads, and, like, if there's other people at tables around me, the second I see the heads, I'm turned off. You can probably, they probably can find places that, like, have, like, a dish that style with regular, like, already peeled and everything shrimp. But it sounds like it could be very good. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last thing I have are po' boys, um, which are piled with lettuce, tomato, and pickles and filled with roast beef, fried shrimp, oysters, or whatever you choose. Um, po' boys are typically stuffed and slathered with um, a sauce or mayonnaise and then served between two long pieces of French bread. Um, and there's all different types that you can order. Like it's, they just have like unlimited possibilities basically, but it's a New Orleans centric mm -hmm. food. Yeah. Um, so that concludes what I have added. Um, I did like some of the things that Caitlin had on her list. Um, but yeah, I mean, we would definitely both be interested in trying the local cuisine um, down in New Orleans. I'm just not typically a fan of seafood so that probably rules me out for a lot of yeah probably but, good things but in there. terms of seafood you do like shrimp that's yeah it's like so, the one thing that you do enjoy so that's that's a good thing i mean i know that like crawfish are whatever you want to call them crawfish crawdads crayfish they have all different names that's a big thing down there but yeah. another thing where it's like served with the head <laughs> yeah um if i was down there like if something had like crawfish in it or whatever i would probably i'd probably try it yeah. So I didn't include things like there are other dishes that are popular in New Orleans, but I didn't include things that I didn't think that we would eat or that I would eat. Yeah. Um, so on to tips. From what I've seen, uh, Frenchman Street is better than Bourbon Street for entertainment. Um, there's a lot of like jazz, like nightclubs and stuff like that over on Frenchman Street. Um, if that's what you're looking for. And... Keep in mind that many attractions, as well as some restaurants, are closed on Mondays. It's just like a New Orleans thing. Um, speaking again of Bourbon Street, don't stay right on Bourbon Street unless you can sleep through noise because the party never stops in New Orleans. Um, also, do not call it the Big Easy. It's 
a nickname for it, but not by the locals. Locals don't call it that. Um, also, don't go in the summer unless you can handle high heat and humidity. Um, it can be like the mid-90s with high humidity. Um, I would assume it's similar to like Florida. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and speaking of what we're going through right now, or not us particularly, but New Orleans, skip hurricane season. Uh, that typically is from June through November. Yeah. You don't want to be caught there in a hurricane. Um, and lastly, and I mean, hurricane season covers a lot of the summer too. So unless you can handle like the high heat and humidity, you're not going to want to be there in the summer anyway. So maybe, you know, go for like spring. Um, lastly, Mardi Gras, if you don't want to go, like, if you don't want to experience that firsthand like we don't um keep in mind when mardi gras is so it falls in either february or march it's based on like the timing of ash wednesday and easter and all of that um and it's very hard to get a hotel during that time and it will be crowded so if you're not interested in being there during mardi gras do your research about when it falls the year that you're going to make sure that you can avoid that um those are really all the tips that I have. We will share some photos um, on our page, on our Instagram, which is at Vacation Mode Podcast. Um, Kyle, did you have anything else to uh, mention? No, not really. Um, I just had fun with this one, though. Like, yeah. This was, a, this was a cool place for us to, to research. So I enjoyed doing this episode. Yep. Um, and we will be back at it again next week with another new episode. Uh, we look forward to continuing to get these out for you guys, um, the few of you that do listen. Um, if you have any places that you want us to cover, please feel free to let us know, and we'll do our research on them. Um, thanks for listening, and we will talk at you next time. Bye. Bye.